Today we're going to talk about kids with autism and their searching for capacity needs. So our, our needs is to help the children use every capacity or fragment of capacity to cope with the confusion of the world around them. When we talk about capacity, we want to see in three aspects. One, communication, social skills, and also in their ability to create the triangle of communication. Because we don't look for only the child that can say to us the word that he's seeing for the object. For example, if I will show a child a picture of a dog and he can, see it, can say a dog, or he's looking for the prompt of the communication. That doesn't show us that his abilities. <clears throat> it's showing us that that child was trained to response. And sorry for uh, this comparison, but if I have a dog and I tell him fetch, and he's fetching, or give me your hand, and he knows give the hand, it doesn't mean that he understands it because that might not happen when a stranger will tell him, give me your paw. So how do we work on it? How do we um, work on those capacities that every child has and we need to search for them? So we use Umwelt. Umwelt is a word in German that means me and in the world to see how the child is acting around us and what his ability to see us in the world and his ability to communicate. Why is it so important? Why don't we just do like what other methods are doing and looking at what uh, age is your child, what uh, things he needs to accomplish but by that age and just going forward. Well, the, I will give you a very good example. I had a client last week and the client came to my room and was verbal, was able to communicate very nicely, but was not able to give me any kind of real communication or showing me that he is, has the command on the language or pulling things out of his memory without right prompting. The, for example, I asked his mother, does your child who is six, does he know what are categories? This concept we are teaching kids when they are three years old. Category of a family, father, son, mother, two fathers, two mothers, uh, animals, dog, cat, uh, all of those are categories. So a child is supposed to know how to put them in order, how to make them, them as a category and tell us this is the category. So I showed him, he, she said, yes, he knows it. And I, okay, showed him uh, three pictures of vegetables. Thinking to myself, okay, he would be able to say to me, those, that category is vegetables or fruits. If the child is confused between vegetables or fruits, uh, that is less important, less 
um, an issue because kids are getting confused over it, over it. But the child didn't know the concept. So as the mother, okay, you, when you said he knows it, what was the prompt that his therapist, that he's doing ABA for five years, have taught him what to say? She said, uh, what is it this, uh, the same family from? Or this is a family of? So the child didn't know by himself to create the category. He didn't know what it means when I show him three pictures and ask what do they have in common? What are they? So it was very hard for him to understand it. Now, the difference is that in the Miller method and the floor time, we will first uh, need to see, does he have first an interest in that kind of a thing? Maybe he's not there yet and he's not, he's just showing us, oh, I know the task because I worked for it for a long time. Or, but in the Miller method, we want to see, does he understand concept? Does he, is he able to learn when I teach him the word move and I interrupt him during a game to move to another place and another game and use the same word without me, uh, me prompting him for doing that. So uh, during our assessment, we have 15 tasks that we are doing with the child. Some tasks are unstructured sessions. That means that we do not give the child any kind of prompting. We sit next to the table and the child can be in the middle of the room or after finishing another task and we are not talking to him. We are walking away and we want to see what will happen. The reason is to see if a child can use the games that he already have learned. Can your child ask an adult, the parent, the therapist, or anyone in the room to play with him or giving him the game to ask if he's not verbal, to ask to play with him. Uh, we know what a typical three or six year old would do in that kind of a situation, they would go to a room and they see a ball, they will go in a free time, they will go throw the ball. Uh, they will see a ball pit, they will go and try to go inside of it. They will, they see a ramp or anything that they can ride on, they will try it. So the first unstructured session is actually in the beginning. What we do is very simple. We tell the parents, come to the room, let's sit down, and we see what the child is doing. Around the room, there are a lot of toys, a lot of uh, soft play area, and a lot of balls, that, uh, puppets, cars, everything that a child who is normal, uh, neurotypical. If he would see it, he would jump on the opportunity to just play on it. So we are looking to see what we, he will do. If the child is standing there for five minutes and waiting for instructions, 
It shows us his behavior, his demeanor, and we know where he is. If the child is taking the adult that came with him, it gives us signs to see where the session is going. Now, the other thing that um, we want to see is if the parent will be passive or active. The reason is to see if the child is taking cues from the adult. If the child is taking cues from the adult, we are as therapists, we are in a situation when we have to tell the parent, I need you to back off a little bit, I need you to sit down, and I want to see the child saying it. Because a lot of parents, what they do, and they do it with a good attention, they want their child to succeed. So right away they say to the child, say car, say move, say, so the kid repeats, say move, say car. And that is not what we want. We want to see the child reacting by himself. Um, we want to see in the end of the unstructure that how the child responds to the unstructured situation while the adult is passive. Um, is he able to maintain an interactive system with the person that is in the room? And is the, uh, the child is able to accept gestures or suggestions from the examiner, from the person that is conducting the umwelt? The other task that we are going to go over is the assessing of the capacity of interacting with a person or an object. Why is this assessment uh, is important, this part, is because this assessment shows us two things. One, the child's ability to stay connected with a task. Second, to understand that there is a person on the other side of the task. The task goes like this. We are taking a ball, a large ball, and we are pushing it toward the child. We want to see if he will push it back to us after a couple of times of trying, if he's not verbal or doesn't really understand what we want him from this task. And we want to see what we called in the, in the field of autism, the triangle of communication. Triangle of communication means me, the child, and the object. If I'm holding the object, the ball, and looking at the child, and he's looking at me, and then I push the ball and he looks at the ball, I know that they have a very high ability in communication. If I'm throwing the ball and the child is not doing anything, not looking at the ball or me, I have the idea that maybe the child is not here, he's not able to use eye contact or using any kind of gestures to show me that he's interested in the, the ability or ability to use this kind of a task. So we are looking to see what he will do. The other task that we're going to talk about is stacking. We're going to do, take two different objects. We're going to take cups and bowls and we're going to put them in two piles. We want to see if the child is able to 
put the cups in the cup pile and to put the balls in the balls pile and if I give him the ball and put it in front of the cup file pile he will be able to shift and also to see if he's able to move it around to put it correctly that way we can see if the child is able to move his shift of mind to not to be stagnant in his ways now the other thing that we use is to see if the child is able to look where he's going we see we put a pile of objects on the floor and see if he's able to walk around them without tripping them also we use another task that is called the croupier task and it's a stick that we give to the child while an object is very far from him and we want to see if the child is able to use the stick to bring the object towards him why would do we do it because there is a very basic concept to it when we talk about language the language and the way that we are talking to another person is the extension of your body words are extension when you're talking over the phone to someone you're not next to them but still the child or the adult in on the other line understands you without looking at the same thing as you are if i would talk about a dog you can imagine in your head what a dog looks like you have that concept you have that imprint of what a dog looks like if i was talking to you about a bottle of water that i have you have the imagination of the water bottle in your head you don't need to see it a child that can uh, is able to move an object while the object is far from him while using a stick is able to point is able to use words after but if a child is not able to do that not understanding where is the that concept what is that concept he will be harder for him to understand what is language so that task helps us to know how he's solving problems and how he can use language so that child we will use first if he doesn't know how to do that we will ask the parents does your child know how to point and most likely he doesn't and we will work from there so we will work things that are close to his body then extend to his body then far away from his body then we will use language and we use language or by gestures that are much more close to his body because he's using his own hands or we will use pictures when we will see that the child has the ability to understand what the picture is what it represents because you don't want to show a child a picture by him memorizing the location of the picture and not understanding what it is a good try is uh, for example we had a child in our kindergarten that uses pecs and the mother said no he knows words don't use pecs so we use words but he would always take from the right the top right uh, the pitch the word and say yes i'm thirsty and the therapist would say he's so thirsty every time and I said to the therapist, you know what, let's change the word. Say, change it to the bathroom one. 
And he said all the time, he said, I want to go to the bathroom. So we saw that he doesn't understand that. So we talked also to parents and explained to them the concept of words and concept of pictures and why is it important to the child to understand it first. And then we changed it and we worked with them on how to work with the word first or a picture and then add to it and not just thinking, oh, my child knows it. Because saying that your child doesn't know it doesn't mean that your child is less than. It means that we need to work with him on several issues. So when we do this, we want to see also another thing during the diagnostic. The other thing that we want to see is symbolic play. So we take a, a puppet or a doll and we wash it and we see if the child is able to do it the same. Or we take a dog that moves, give him a string to pull it, and then we take the other part and we want to see, like we did at the beginning with the ball, to see if he can see that there is another person on the other side that actually prevents from him, prevents him to take that dog. And in the end, the end task is very common with kids and we want to see how is their ability to separate from an adult or if they care if the adult is leaving the room. We tell the parents, uh, take your stuff and tell your child uh, goodbye, see you tomorrow and leave the room. And we want to see if the child is looking for them, is their child is willing to stay with an adult that they just met for five minutes. And we want to see that because that shows us how that child will react to other people and also to his own family. That child that doesn't cry and doesn't move, it most likely will be the child that looks at you or handle you like a furniture or move you around because you're the person that will give him the whole things that he needs. So what we want to do is to see that and to work on those tasks. From 15 tasks that we went over, we can build a program for the child. We can see where his communication, uh, what is his communication level, is it verbally, is he, he doesn't know words, does he know gestures, does he know pictures to use packs as a communication or we know what is his ability in the surrounding that he is going to. Also, we know what kind of a system is a child. Uh, is it system forming disorder or a child who is a closed system? All of that we know after an hour and after that we can build the program. When you go to a certified therapist, they will always tell you at the end of the session, I can give you 10 things that I want to work with your child. Those things are things that are much more important. And also the therapist will ask you, and after we saw this, what we were going through the assessment, what do you think are your goals? The reason that I first, for example, as a therapist, ask at the end of a session, not in the beginning, is when a parent comes to you and tells you 
in the beginning of a session, my child is perfect. He just doesn't have a language. He doesn't use words. So you think, okay, so I need to work only on words and that's it. The rest uh, will come. It will be easy. It's an easy child. It's a closed system probably. And it's very easy to work with. And then the child comes to you and for an hour, the parents see, oh, my child out of 15 tasks was able to do only 12. And he feels, the parents will feel bad about it because they think, oh, my child, I thought that he was a high level, now I think that he's a low level. Or they might think on a positive note, they might say, oh, my child is actually capable of doing things. And he's able to create language because the therapist will tell them, your child does have language. Your language, his language is by gestures. His language is by pecs. Uh, if we want to create language, we need to do X, Y, Z. And those are the things that we work on. Of course, um, the therapist will always talk to you about your goals and the therapy goals. And always will change it to make sure that you are in this, on the same page. Because on one hand, you can't go to therapy as a parent. When you think, oh, I don't believe in the therapy and the therapy won't work because your child will read those gestures from you. He will read the feelings that you give them. So he will be ha having a bad time every time that he will come to the room. But if you will be like, let's go, it's fun to go to the room and we're going to work on it. And it's going to be fun. Your child will be progressing very fast because he will have trust in the therapy, the therapist, and you as a parent. Now, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me by uh, going to my website, the House of Child Development and Education Design, or contact me by my email, info at autismcan.ca. Also, my phone number is 647 528 8659 you can send me a whatsapp i hope this uh, podcast help you a little bit to learn about the miller method and our assessments i will add more videos uh, through my facebook page and also on instagram and we will add more content in the future thank you for listening and have a good day